0: But there is a storm brewing in America. And um, turn me down just a little bit. You know, I'm not a Debbie Downer. You know what that is? I'm not one of these mully grub people. I'm also not ignorant of what's happening. Yeah, and so in a minute we're going to talk about the storm, uh, the storms in life. And we're going to get into the scriptural um, precedent for this. Um, let me just read it to you, and then I'll start. Is that fair? Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Go there. Matthew seven twenty-four. If you take notes, you're smart. If you bring your Bible, you're really smart. If you bring your phone, God help you. How do you mark up your phone? How do you mark your phone? I can't mark my phone. I got to mark my Bible. You know, and of course, people say they highlight their phone. I don't know. I've I've had my batteries go out, and man, I've never had the batteries of my Bible ever fail me. Right? Yeah. Any anyway, um, Matthew seven, and and before I read this, I, I need to talk to you a little bit about what's going on inside of me as a human being. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading. Uh, A lot of um, um, Rick Renner's books and stuff, talking about the last days. I've also just got a hold of some material by Billy Graham, by Franklin Graham, on the progressive church. We are in a time now where the biggest problem that we are facing is not the government. That's a problem. That's huge. It's the progressive teaching that has changed the gospel. Yes. And and y'all may not be aware of that. But I have people say to me all the time. Well I go to a church because it's closer to my house. Oh my yeah. <laughs> or I really like the preacher. And, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. So. So the issue here is not that what they're preaching is wrong, it's just that they're not preaching the gospel as we know it. They're not preaching Jesus, they're not preaching the virgin birth, they're not preaching doctrine, you know, they're, they're just not preaching the word, and they're not saying anything that would help you, in, they, don't, they definitely don't touch the devil. You know, they, they, there's a lot of subjects they just don't deal with. And there are people who, you know, because of the love of God, and God is love, they preach a lot on love and acceptance. And, and God told um, um, Cain, he said, if you do right, you'll be accepted. And so there's a lot of issues going on. Anyway, I had Lisa print it off for me today. I, I don't want to study out what Franklin Graham had to say. But, but the Southern Baptists are firing Bible school student teachers, If they don't go woke. I mean, that's, that's history. That's just, that's a fact now. That's, there are denominations that have embraced the inclusiveness. We all, we're all, the Catholic Pope said, we're all brothers and sisters, all religions lead to God. That's heresy. That's completely wrong. The biggest issue today is people that are growing crowds at your expense. And see, the problem is, is that my concern is you're going to buy into that. Well, it, I've seen people get up and walk out and they go, you know, there, there's, there's issues. And, and it's not that the guys are being bad. It's just that definitely not obeying God. And I and there's a lot I could cover on that, and we could get into the, the false teachers and and the whole nine yards tonight. And I might, I mean, if the Lord leads me, we'll get over there and I'll show you some scriptures. But uh, it was going on in in um, Peter's day, Jude's day was going on. The whole book of Jude's dealing with that one subject. Now the reason is I don't like I don't like preaching on it because it's not like Sunday morning. we get to run out and jump pews and go, hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank Jesus. So there's a lot more of what God's requiring out of you. So before I get started, I'm going to read this in just a minute. There's a good question we should ask because I'm always talking about your responsibility. But when is it God's responsibility? Because there's times it is. Do you know when it becomes God's responsibility? So when someone says, well, God's got it, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. How do you know that? How do you know whether he has it or not? Number one, if you're not under him, he don't have it. Number two, if you haven't prayed according to the word, he don't have it. If you're asking him to do something he didn't say he'd do, he don't got it. And and so that statement could be true. It may not be true. but But alone, it's not true. God's got it. Well, <laughs> maybe he don't. Maybe you're asking him, a lot of prayers are being prayed today, asking God to do what he told you to do, and he's not going to do it. And so because of that, I, I feel this obligation to get in here and to go over some pretty good basics, okay? And we're going to do that tonight. So Matthew seven twenty four. therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, we're talking about people sitting in church like you are tonight or Sunday morning, and you're listening to someone teach the Bible. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Now, that's a new word for a lot of people. Why is that? Because you're saved by grace through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. What did you do to get saved? Nothing. So let me jump way ahead of myself. The gospel of Jesus is a foundation teaching, but it is not the house. So let me, let me, before I read this, let me, let me get into this. Let's pretend that you and your wife buy a lot. You're going to build a house and they pour the slab and you go, yeah, great foundation. And we drive by and you're setting up kitchen, <laughs> living room, dining room. And we go, What are you doing? You go, well, you know, we just we just want to set up our house. You know, just, we just we own the land and this is our house. And where's the walls? Where's the roof? Yeah. Oh well, we have foundation. That's what you sound like to me when you say, I'm saved. I'm going, well, that's great, but there's more more to this than I'm saved. And now here's, here, now that's, let me just read the rest of it and you'll understand. I will liken to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Notice he built the house. He built the foundation on a rock, which we call slab, you know, the the concrete, because we don't have rocks. This is not Idaho. Okay, everything's sand. So you're gonna make the foundation to build on it here. Okay, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it didn't fall, it was founded on a rock. Now, I'm gonna make a statement right here. Don't look at me and say, that's a bad confession. A confession is always based on on the word, you have no word that it won't rain. So the point that Jesus is making is that right now, well, no matter where you are in this room or your walk with God, in your future, you have a rainy day. In your future, you have thunder. In your future, you've got wind. You have to sit here now and think, what am I doing now to get ready for the storm? That is coming, it's coming. But you don't have to sink. The house does not have to fall. People's lives are falling Because you've never taken what he said serious. He told you how to build. He told you about rebar. He told you about concrete. He taught you about doors and windows. The whole package of Christianity from your children to your marriage to your business is in the book. There is never a reason for failure. You you cannot stop the storms from coming, and when they come, that's not why the house fell. Yeah, that's good. That that's don't now don't throw anything at me, because we all want to find out whose fault is this, and it's always your ex. I have an ex. I understand that. I'm not throwing anything. I'm just, I'm just telling you that, good God Almighty, they could have done better. Yeah, they could have, and it could have been your boss. It, there's stuff, stuff happens, but you can prepare. So let's talk about. Let me read the rest of this, and because I'm getting so far ahead of myself, I can't. I want to finish my, my, my scripture. The rain descended, the blood came, the winds blew, beat on the house, and it didn't fall. Thank you, Jesus. It didn't fall. It had been founded on a rock. They thought, they thought through the process. Anyone who hears the sayings of mine, notice he's talking about sayings. We're not talking about, are you saved? I'm just going to say this right now, and I'm going to be very very sweet, very sweet. Don't ever look at me and say, I'm I'm saved, because I'm thinking, you're stupid. (laughs) I want you to know what I'm (laughs) saying. I'm so glad you're saved. But there's more book than John three sixteen. There's more in here than just come to Jesus and get saved. That's why you keep hearing me make the statements all the time. This is, he didn't make a convert. He never made a convert. All right, now I'm gonna finish reading this and I have something important to say. People come and go in church. You may be here a year, a month, a week, or 10 But you are responsible for knowing the word. I don't care where you go. As long as you leave knowing that it's not up to your pastor in the next church, it's not up to your next spouse. It's not up to your next job to be better than this one. It is totally up to you to hear what he said and do what he said. Yes. Amen. That's right. That's right. you say I don't like to read learn oh you, you don't you don't you don't want my next my next pet peeve is, eh, you know I don't have time. That's a lie. Because you're home watching TV and playing Nintendo and you're on Facebook. You've got time. You're just wasting time. All right, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm way ahead of myself. This isn't like Sunday morning, but you can holler an amen because you need to. (laughs) Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them. What percentage of people don't do them? A lot. A lot. A lot of people come in with the idea that if I come to church and I'm just a good Christian and I sing hallelujah and, you know, people come to me and say, I was in church Sunday. That's another stupid. But it's not as stupid as the ones that weren't. You can see, you sat here, whoopee doopie. Did you take notes? Are you reading? Are you growing? What are you dealing with and what does the Bible say about that? What We, we have people that are in this church, they haven't grown any, any, in five, ten years. Any. And, I, and, I, and I've gotten to where I'm like, whatever. I, I, I sleep at night. I don't carry, the, I, I quit carrying y'all around like. I leave you all to God. And I have a list. God, take care of them and them and them and them and them and them. And, them. <laughs> and it's it's a temptation, and I'm and I'm going to show you that in a minute. Anyway, the rain of sin, the flood came, beaten, and it great and fell as great, was the fall of it. And it was when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching. He taught them when as was head of authority. And he taught them like he is the by God boss. And he is. When you get born again, it is understood that you have taken a knee and given him authority over where you go, what you do, and how you do it. Yes. Amen. Now, you may not like that, but the opposite of that is hell. But you don't want to go to hell, and, and you need help, and he's there to help you, if you listen and pay attention. But we all have scriptures we don't like. We go, I don't like that. We think the Baptists are the only ones that flip over stuff. They don't. We are, everybody flips over scriptures. Thank you for that one amen in the back. Can I get a second? One second, I get another amen, another amen. I got another amen, I got another amen, got another amen in the back. <laughs> all right. Right now, at my house, I am building a shed for my boat. It's 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 just a shed. But I'm going to have to put hurricane straps on it for a reason. Yes. September is around the corner. Yeah. And I've already seen what happens when the wind lifts a shed. But I can keep it from taking $500 of aluminum, galvanized aluminum I just bought and slinging it next door if I will prepare. Also, Lisa's asked me because we have a generator that runs on propane. No more gas generators, gasoline. No more. It's bad, bad because the because you, it gets varnish in there because you hadn't cranked it since the last time you used it, which was a year ago. And right now, if you go home, it doesn't crank. I'm talking yours. You get yeah, it? Does no? It doesn't either. Not if you let the gas sit in it. Unless you winterized it, which no one does in Florida because it's never winter. <laughs> All right. So we have a propane generator that I hooked to the house and I have set up half of my house or one-third of it to run on. I can, I can turn the other two-thirds of my house off. I have two air conditioners. I have two septic tanks. I have five commodes and there's only three of us. We've, we, we prepare. I have a water purifier that cost me $300, and I have a creek by my house that I can go out and dip in it, and I can drink water if I pour it through the water purifier. But you have to think ahead because storms, you live in Florida. Come on, y'all. Now, not just live in Florida, but you live in a fallen world. You live in a world and stuff is coming soon. You're either in it, you're either in it, coming out of it, or heading into one. You're in one of those three positions right now. No oh boy. And I, I know that's not exciting. Okay, Matthew, let's go to Luke 8. Let's go to Luke 8. Don't go to Matthew 13. Let's go to Luke 8. Jesus is going to tell us the parable of the sower. And I said this a few times, this is the parable of all parables. He said, if you understand this, you understand the whole Bible. Verse 11, this parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Now, remember Jesus said, do what I said. Most people don't even know what he said, much less do it. Because they say, well, uh, let me tell you what I think about it. But every time that something's going on, you ought to ask the question, what did Jesus say about this? Yeah. Even if you don't agree, right. yeah. you will learn yeah. to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. you, you know, all of us have done stupids. I've done a few stupids. And I had a scripture right there in front of me. And I went, ah, And I didn't do it. And a year or two later, I'm, I look back and go, I wish I'd have done that. That cost me a lot of money. That cost me, a, a, that cost me to not do that. And that's, that's why I'm so on the word. That's why I'm so crazy. Read a Bible now. Because I already know that I could avoid a lot of stuff. All right. The parable is the word of God. Now, while I'm saying it, I'm not going to look out, but if you don't have a Bible with you right now, don't come back to this church without one. You get in the habit of walking in here with this book in your hand and marking it and reading it. Because you're not learning it, listening to me. You're going to mark it, and you're going to go over it, and over it, and over it. That's if you want to have a good life. Now, you may just... All right. So Luke 11. Those are people by the wayside who hear the word, and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. That's about 80% of the people we know right now. The ones on the rock are those who hear... And receive it and shout and holler and scream and run and jump. And a month later, they're gone. Now, why? He's going to show you why. A time of what? Now, if you're a man, there will be women approach you. They're lonely, they're divorced, they're broke. Don't shout me down. It's called temptation. I could tell you story after story after story, but they happened years ago when I was better looking and had hair. I don't seem to have that problem anymore. I have to fight to get a hug when people go out the door. It's just <laughs> <you know. laughs> Not really, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I am teasing you. If you've ever done anything wrong in your life, Satan wrote it down. And he's planning your fall. And you have to be smart enough to go, how do I get ready for that dog? Because I already figured out he's coming back. When I got born again, it was the first time my friends ever bought me a case of beer. (laughs) My tightwad friends never bought me nothing. But then I got born again. They showed up at my house with my very own case. And I went, Why did y'all do that? Well, we were thinking about you. No, you weren't. I said, You lying devil. And they said, you're not going to take our gift. I said, I am not. And I walked away. But it was the first time anybody ever bought me anything. The first time I ever had a girl approach me was a week after I got saved. And I went, this never happened before. Let me tell you something. The devil knows you got saved. The devil knows you read your head. The devil knows you're here. What are you doing now to get ready? Listen, if you're emotional, he's got someone that's going to push your button. The Satan knows where your button is. And your spouse knows where your button is. Because they already know. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell on Jeannie yesterday. I got to tell on Jeannie. So, she's not here. She's not here. Um, um, Adam put those glass on me, and it made a mark on my body. And she said, "Does it hurt? Suction. Does it hurt?" A little suction, and I said, "Touch it." She touched. It. Oh, ah! I screamed like that, <laughs> and she jumped. She and and. But I did it on purpose because I know where her buttons are. I already know how to push Jeannie's buttons. Now, I used to be able to do that with Lisa, but she don't respond anywhere near like she used to when I used to do stuff to her. So, But the devil knows your buttons. So you need to look at that and take it to heart. Most people who get born again, people have said this to me. Well, I was into drugs up in New York and I had to move away from my friends. Those same people live here too. And you're going to find them or they're going to find you. And they're going to call you and befriend you. You're going to have the same friends again until you decide I'm not going down that road. I already know that my where I live is not the problem. The problem is I've never prepared for when the temptation comes. Okay. Now, I already knew when I got born again, all the temptations were going to come back. I told Lisa this, and I've never told anybody before, and I'm just going to tell you. I say I've never had another joint. I never smoked another cigarette, and I did. That's not true. So I'm going to. Tell you because I know y'all are good Catholics. When I got born again, I, get, I laid my cigarettes on the altar and Ernest Angely prayed that if I ever smoked another one, I would puke my guts out. I did. I, I, a week later, I'm, 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 I'm walking around and I'm having these nicotine fits. as I just... I just want a cigarette. I just want a cigarette. And I said, oh, God, one won't hurt. And I lit it up. I barfed all over the place. So the reason we were talking about that is we were asking each other, can we do that to y'all? Can I pray that they'll puke if they ever do that again? I don't know. I just, I won't tell you who we were praying about, but I, I haven't prayed that way. But I have thought about praying over some politicians that they just puke all over themselves today, you know. A couple of judges, you know. So now you know the rest of the story. I actually did yield to one temptation after I got saved. But anyway, but have you, are you planning for the storm? Are you planning for that? Because it's coming. And are you going to pass the test or are you going to go, Oops. There's ramifications for oops. God will forgive you. People, not necessarily. The tempter will come. The test will come. The cares of life will come. They will come. And you have to decide now what you're going to do. All right, now let's go to another scripture. John 16, 14. John 16, 14. Some, some sermons I preach are knowing that I might not have you long, but you're going to learn something while you're here. We live in a very transient state. People come and go, and I'm aware of that. I'm also aware that the Lord leads people out of churches. Not. Well, he does sometimes. He does sometimes. Most of the time it's just flesh. John 16, 14. He, talking about the Holy Ghost, will glorify me. He'll take what's mine and declare it to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said he'll take what's mine and show it to you. Now, let me show you this because there isn't anything that you don't know that he won't show you if you will seek it. Now, I said that for this reason. Stop saying, I don't know it. You don't know it because you aren't asking. He said, seek and you shall find. If you wanted to know it, you would. The responsibility is still on you. Well, you know, I just never knew that. I don't understand that. Well, after today... No more excuse. You can know anything because he's not hiding anything from you. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you in anything you are seeking him with all of your heart. So if six months from now you fall away from God, it is t- it's not your circumstances. It's you. Now I'm giving you a certain amount of responsibility for this reason. All of us have stuff happen, and we and I, I've had. I quit. I ain't never coming back here again. I'm never. I will never walk in this church again. And I'm the pastor. I'm done. And then you open your Bible and it goes, "Love is patient. Love is kind." You're going, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> "Now I'm responsible to do it, whether I like it or not." Be a doer, not a hearer only. We're going to get into that in a minute. Deceiving who? Yourself. He will teach you and you are responsible. So I'm going to ask you a question. What is mental assent? You know what it is? It's hearing the word, agreeing with it, but refusing to act on it or do what it says. There's a lot of people who sit in church and say, Well, I believe that. No, you don't. There's no proof of it in your life. He didn't write that for you to agree with him. Now, where does this come from? This comes from that doctrine that God has, well, you know that all things are working together for your good. Convenient, but not true. It's happening because you didn't do what he said. I mean, you someone said well, I was hoping this would be like Sunday morning. <laughs> well, it is. is. <laughs> Wasn't Sunday fun! Aren't you really looking for next Sunday morning? I, got, I don't. I, I just got to get on my running shoes. All right. Now, now, nah, now. Nah. What is mental set? Mental set means that you can't be persuaded to act on that scripture. There's a, there's a fear. Had a man came to me one day and he said, pastor, I don't tithe. I said, okay. He thought I was going to beat him up. I didn't. I said, okay, why don't you? He goes, man, he said, I tried it one time uh, and, and it didn't work. I said, okay, well, let me, let me help you with a script with a word. You don't try God. He tries you. I said, why don't you just do it out of obedience whether you ever get any money back or not? Just because he said so. But, but there's a fear there. What if it don't work? I said, well, now this is me talking. I'll sell my house and move into a mobile home. I'm going to obey God. I'm not trying to have my standard of living and see if God fits in it. I'm going to get God's word to fit in. I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to work my life around it and let the word do its work. If it doesn't produce, it doesn't produce. But I'm not going to fall away from God because it looks like it's not producing. So now that I'm on the subject, let's talk about this. What are you going to do when trouble comes? Because it's coming. Are you are you here while God is answering prayer? Are you gone the first time? It looks like it's not working because there's no faith in that. I've already made up my mind. I'm doing it. If it don't work, whether it works or not, and it works because I don't sit around and worry about whether it works. Does that make sense? Did that even make sense? Okay. I mean, when I took this church, folks, listen, I worked construction and I made $600 a week. And that was was garbage money. That was nothing. I was poor. And this church hired me at four. I mean, we barely ate. And I was in the will of God. Folks, listen. It, it, everything's not going to work the way you think. If it says that he'll bless you coming in and bless you going out, you don't fall apart because it doesn't look. You just keep obeying God and let God do his job. Amen. If it looks like it ain't working, laugh about it and go on anyway. All right. Boy, I, I needed to say that. That, that. Thank you, Jesus. So mental ascent is when there is no action To what you say you believe. Now the word believe, when you say I believe that, it is the word by live. By live. It's what you live by. If you don't live by it, you don't believe it. But if you're just agreeing with it mentally. No faith there. Faith without you acting is dead A lot of christians have dead faith because they're not doing the word. They haven't read it to do it. They read it to understood it. I had a lady came to me one time and she said, my Bible school, you know, why is my Bible school, you know, there's people that come to my Bible school that there's this other Bible school in town and they charge people more and they have more students and then they do in mine. Why is they going to that one and not coming into mine? I said, well, that's simple. I said, a student wants to know what the teacher knows, but a disciple wants to do what the teacher does. The school that you're talking about, that man is successful in ministry, and you're not. Oh, that went over like a lead balloon. You're giving them information, he's giving them inspiration. And he's charging them, and they're paying for it. Amen. Amen. You can get information, but all it is is just information. I, I know people, and I'm going to use Mark Hankins' ministry right now. And I know I'm not using names, but Lisa and I and Justin, we go out there and we've made friends. But we have a few people we run around with, and they've known Mark for years and 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 years, and they still don't do anything he says. And I'm going. Have they? Have we ever heard them? Do anything that amongst And it's not a lot, it's just a few, it's just a few people, not But you know what? It's a trap for you to think because you came to church and you go, I believe that, hallelujah, praise the Lord. No, it's no, it's not until Monday. And and all hell's breaking loose. Now is when I want to know you're gonna shout and dance. Not in church, not in church. Are you shouting at home? When you get home and you open up the bills and you go, oh, oh, oh hallelujah. So rich. <laughs> <laughs> First John five. Oh, I wanted to do the other one. I wanted to do the other one. James, where is, where is James? I don't even see James in here. I didn't even write James down. Well, I'm going to go there anyway, whether I wrote it down or not. James chapter 1. We're just going to go there. I don't care whether I wrote it down or not. They can fix it in the back. Oh, Osel can fix it. James 1, 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able... To save your soul. You, now, your spirit's already saved. You're already saved. But remember, are you just sitting there on a slab? Are you building walls? Are you putting a roof on? Do you have windows ordered? What, what else are you doing to get ready for a rainy day? Because you, you better get ready because it is coming. Now, you can sleep if we have a hurricane I'll be sleeping. I'll go in there and uh, if, if we have an outage, I have a fireplace. You say, do you have one? Well, you should. But I have an old house with a fireplace. I had, a, I had one in my last house. And my first house, if I stayed there, I'd have built one in it. And if I didn't build one, I'd put a pot-bellied wood, a wood I mean, I'd put a wood heater in it. Even though you live in Florida, I never know what they're going to do. in my road, I don't know why in the world, it just seems like every time that thunders, somebody knocks the power out. And you call them up and they'll go, we'll get to it this month. And we're like. So I go out and Joshua loves it when I put a log in. He, he, he comes in and sits and just stares at the fire. I said, I get it, buddy. Me too. Just sit here and stare at the fire. Get you a weenie and a, and a, and a graham cracker crust. You know, graham, What is it? Make you some s'mores. And Lisa says, are you boys, what are you all going to do all day? Nothing. We're just going to sit here in front of this fire. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of witness, and receive with meekness, that means teachableness, the implanted word which is able to save your souls, and be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving who? Yourself. Yourself. Now, listen to me very carefully. Most Christians are self-deceived people. They're self-deceived. The Bible teaches you about marriage. Tells you what to do and what not to do. It teaches you how to raise children. You can get in there and find out. I've had people come to me and say, Well, my, my mama, my daddy beat me. I'm not whipping my kids. I'm going, Well, first of all, I doubt he beat you. And if he did, you might have needed it. But you don't, you don't do the opposite of what your parents did because that's, you're not obeying God. We have, we have, we have school teachers in here. I know Melanie. I think if school teachers had one request, please discipline your children. Don't drop them off here. And then I have to deal with them. And then you want to sue me because I had to take them in the back when you didn't know it. Right. I got to tell a story here. I don't so, know if I show this was before Jesus. I was cooking out one night, and a little boy came by. I had a hibachi. Y'all know what a hibachi is, a little grill about that big. And I had two beautiful little steaks on it. For me to eat a steak was a big deal. And he kicked it and dumped my steaks on the ground. When he got on his bicycle, and he rode to the end of the building, and I met him. His father came to see me. And said, my son said, you punched him. And I was a sinner and I lied. I did, I did. It's under the blood. And so the dad whipped him for lying. And the little boy looked at me and said, you lied. And when his dad, I said, I'll whip you again. But he never kicked my hibachi over. Okay, that's—I don't know why I told all y'all that. I was was not a good man before I got saved. I probably would still have spanked him, but I wouldn't. But a lot of stuff that's going on now is because parents—they're not—they're not not raising children. Teach your children to pray. Teach them to read the Bible. Teach them to respect authority. Teach them to mind. They don't have to run their mouth all day. Are y'all doing that? Because you, it is your responsibility. that That's being a doer of the word of God. As a husband and a wife, it teaches you how to have relationship with one another. Wives reverence your husbands, not if they deserve it or earn it. Right. Because you don't deserve love. You, 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 okay, boy, that was real good. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. See, you have to pick it up and go, I'm going to do that even though it looks like it's the end of me. You have to learn how to forgive. You have to learn how to get over bitterness. You have to learn how to deal with fear. Everything that you deal with in life, it's in here to tell you how to do it. But you have to find it and to make up your mind, I'm going to do that. Now, now, if you come to this church, occasionally you'll hear a sermon that is slightly corrective in nature. You mark those scriptures and go home and go, I have work. They're for your benefit. Boy, I, I, I'll just tell you this. I think the person who's grown the most in this church is me. I had more to change than anybody else when I came here. God, I had a lot to change. I didn't know it at the time. I thought that I was God's man of the hour. Anyway, 1 John 5, 3. Now we can go to there. 1 John 5, 3. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not a pain in the backside. I added that. That's the Daryl translation. Let's read it. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not a pain in the neck. God is not crimping your style. They are beneficial. They are good for you. But the Bible says he that comes to God must believe he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you don't believe that it is advantageous to do it, you won't do it. But a lot of people don't do what he said because they think they got to give up something in order to obey God. You're not giving up anything to obey God. You're gaining. There's been times he's asked me to do things that made no sense to me. But in the long run, I'm glad I did what he asked me to do. Because it was to and for my advantage. Later I look back and went, well, I'm glad I obeyed that. Well, I'm telling you what. All right. So it's not a burden to do the word. It is to your advantage to do the word. All right. Um, let's read another one here. Jude 1-3. No, I don't want to go there. Nah, nah you go. Good go. First John 2-4. we will to two-two-four and we'll go. I don't want to get in that. I, I'm going to. Okay. 2-4. <laughs> He who says I know him and doesn't keep his commandments is a liar. Now, remember what I said to you earlier about churches? They've gone seekers. They've gone progressive. They're not trying to obey God or teach you how to obey God. They're just trying to draw a crowd This now don't get mad at me. This is why you won't see me in skinny jeans and a smoke machine. Because I'm not going to entertain you. I'm not going to try to attract a crowd of converts. You're going to come in, you get born again, pick up a Bible, and you're going to grow. No, that may be, It's actually more difficult to do that. But right now, that's status quo in America, and it's, it's all over the place. Get al- go along to get along. Uh, I'm not going along to get along. We're, we're going we're gonna to preach on the blood. If it's not popular, we're going to preach on Jesus being the only way. It's not popular. We're going to preach that uh, sex outside of marriage is wrong. And we're going to preach that God made a man, a man, a woman, a woman, and that's the only two genders that there are. I love y'all. Y'all y'all are fine. Glory to God. And we're not shutting down. Amen. Amen. You know, if you'd go to the former president's house, this country, there's people in this country that are flat crazy. Yes. <laughs> they called it a banana republic. I mean, this is stuff they do in Cuba. All right. Now Jude one. Wow, vixen to get deep now. How much time do I have? Can I stop right now and quit? Are y'all ready? I'm gonna read something. Jude one, verse three. Beloved, now this is Jude. This is this is the half brother of Jesus. This is one of his siblings. So Jude, you know, grew up with Jesus but didn't know that Jesus, God was Jesus done. He didn't know it then. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting a, that you should contend earnestly for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now, he had just read the letter that Peter wrote, 2 Peter, and he is alarmed. What was going on then is going on now. What I'm going to read to you is happening in the church today. Certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marched out, marked out for this condemnation. The word condemnation is damnation. Now I'm gonna jump on it and tell you ahead of time. These are preachers who changed what they're preaching and they're no longer saved. Now, if that if that bothers your doctrine. Then tear the page out with all a lot of others and throw it in the trash, and then you can talk to the Lord about it when you get to heaven. And see that? L- let me explain to you why I say that to y'all. If there's not a certain amount of fear of God, society will become loose. Yes. Now, you heard me make this statement, the reason I don't speed. And not the only one. You get older, you, you do slow down. But, but primarily is because I do not like giving a Popka or Orange County share revenue coupon money. I, I just hate writing checks for two to three to $400 that I really could have used somewhere else because I wasn't driving the speed limit. That's the really, I'm just being honest with you, I'm not so holy that I do the speed limit everywhere, because I really do want to get on the interstate and fly. I want to show him my pilot's license tell him I'm totally legal. I was taking off. It just took me an hour, you know. <laughs> Real serious. I mean, I, I, I like doing 90. I, I just think 90 is a comfortable speed in a big truck like mine and 100 probably wouldn't bother me either. but I don't. Because I know that they're waiting behind the bushes. You know they're in the bushes. And then they turn on their Christmas lights and you give them a gift. But why do I do that? Because I don't want to be judged. Today, people have completely thrown out that God will judge sin. And he will. If you want me to prove it, read the letters that he wrote to the churches in the book of Revelation, and he said, I've put up with that in you a long enough, and I'm going to deal with you on this. And, you, and he's not mean, he's not a bad God, he's not, a mad, he's not upset all the time, but, but listen, his church, he paid a high price for you to be sleeping around, smoking dope, and, and cussing each other out for 10 to 15 to 20 years after you're saved. You pay too high a price for your salvation for you to live in sin. Okay. Now, he give, now you can come to church and get in grace, and, and he'll give you grace, and you can grow. And he understands that it's taking you time. But if your heart's right, he'll give you the grace. But now, we're going to read about a preacher that had decided the, 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 the doctrine of the Nicolaitans was it doesn't matter how you live, you're saved. And, and it matters. So I'm gonna ask you a question, even though you believe God will forgive you of all your sexual sins, what about your spouse? You're going, I ain't doing that. Well, God ain't either. You say, well, I know I lied to my wife all the time. Well, she hates it, and she disrespects you, and, and you hate it, and God hates it. So you and I need to come along and go, at some point, there's a stuff we just going to have to make some changes and stop. Okay. All right. Well, You've got to have a lot of guts if you're going to preach that today. Anyway, there are certain men that are crept out long ago and marked for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of God into lewdness. That means going and woke. We accept everyone. Well, we accept you. But we're going to preach the gospel, and we're going to expect the gospel for you to repent of it, and we're going to expect you to give your heart to Jesus and turn from sin and let the gospel change you into a Christian, and we expect you to grow, and we expect you to stop it. Yes. Sit in my church for a year. Waiting on you to get right with God. I'll come back and preach right to you. Jack Hayford had a boy in his church that was gay. Came to him and said, I want help. He said, I'll help you. And, and Jack made him sit on the front row. Right during the sermon about a month later, he walked up and he said, give me your phone. He said, you want my phone? He said, I want your phone. Give me your phone. Sunday morning, right in service. Looked at it and said, you got phone number in San Francisco. He said, get him out or get out of my church. Don't you ever come back in here again. He said, if you're not going to live for God, get out of here, son. You told me you gave your heart to Jesus. You do not play with men in San Francisco. Do you understand? I mean, the whole church listening. Oh, mean preacher. And he repented, got right with God, later got married and doing good. You know, Jesus is not playing with you. What got into him? Ain't nothing like Sunday morning. I want to remind you, though, you once knew this. The Lord, having saved people out of the land of Egypt, destroyed them later. Say, ouch. The angels who didn't keep their proper domain left their own abode, he reserved in everlasting chains for the judgment day. Sodom and Gomorrah and other cities around them, in similar manner, having given them over to sexual immorality, going after strange flesh, as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. fire. Therefore, likewise, these dreamers, they defile the flesh, reject authority authority, speak evil of dignitaries, that word is ecclesia, that means ministers. Michael the angel contending with the devil was disputing about the body of Moses, dared not bring out a re- revealing accusation, said the Lord rebuke you. These people speak evil of whatever they don't know, whatever they know naturally like a brute beast. In these things they corrupt themselves, woe to them, they've gone in the way of Cain and run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit and perish in the rebellion of Korah. There are spots in your love feast while they feast with you, on Sunday morning without fear, serving only themselves, cloud without water, twice without winds, twice dead and without fruit. They have spiritually died again. That's in your Bible. That's also in 1 Peter. That's also in the book of Hebrews. That's also in other scriptures. There's a lot of, I just want, have y'all, are y'all reading your Bible? I've read these and went, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to watch my P's and Q's. You know why? Because every time you sin, you harden your heart. And it gets harder and harder and harder to live for God. Raging waves of the sea. I mean, this is pretty strong. It's actually in your Bible. I know, I know you don't believe what I'm reading is in the Bible. You think I made all this up just to, just to, anyway. Raging waves, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. It's talking my preachers. Now, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men and said, Behold, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all and to convict all of their ungodly among them in an ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way. It sounds like he's mad. And all of the harsh things which ungodly sinners have said against him. These people are grumblers and complainers walking around in their own lust and they, with their mouth they speak great swelling words, flattering people in order to gain an advantage." Beloved, you remember the Lord's the words which are spoken by the apostles, the Lord Jesus Christ. They told you that there would be mockers in the last time walking according to their own lust. They are sensual people who cause division, not having the spirit. But you, beloved, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, let's go to 2 Peter for a minute, and I'm going to read what he says over here about this. 2 Peter 2, 1. These, there are false prophets among these people. Even there will be false teachers among you who secretly bring in destructive heresies and denying the Lord who bought them. The word Lord there in the Greek is, is boss. It's not Lord like I got saved. What does it mean? It means he ain't telling me what to do. I'm a Christian, I'm saved but we don't do that here. What is it you don't do here? We don't preach on repentance here. Well, he's told you to. You don't get to choose what you preach. Well, if I did that, I'd lose the crowd. You don't have a crowd. It's not your crowd. Okay. Let's, let's look at another one. In the same one. Chapter 2, verse 12. These are like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed. They speak evil of things they don't understand and utterly perish in their own corruption. They will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes carousing in their own deception while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls and have a heart trained in covetous practices. They are accursed children. They are damned. Say, ouch. In our own town, not too long ago, the congregation got together and voted on whether to have gay preachers or not. That's not your church. I would stand, I mean, listen, boldness is not a bad word. The, the opposite of boldness is coward. So it, I would have loved to have been in that meeting. I can be nice. I would read what it said, and I would tell them, this is forbidden. And it says that if you continue down this path, you're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. And they say, well, I don't agree with that. It doesn't matter whether you agree or don't agree. I'm just telling you the truth. And I'm finding another church. Well, my family's there. Listen, listen, lot, get them out. I'm telling you this for this reason. This is this is going on in the body right now. I'm not as concerned about the Republicans and the Democrats because we will never turn the nation unless there's a revival. And the biggest hindrance to the revival right now is churches who refuse to preach Jesus. Now, you have to let me preach. And if, and if I say something and you go, ouch, we'll repent. We've had people in here whose kids had gay tendencies. This is a good church to bring them up in. We can help you with that. Don't leave and go to a church so that they're comfortable in it. You want them free? Thank y'all. Y'all are, I mean, every one of us in this room have undergone temptations. I read Mark Hankins and Rick Renner, and occasionally I listen to David Wilkerson, and he scares the heebie-jeebies out of me. He's a hellfire preacher. But I happen to believe that he's a prophet, and I probably wouldn't want to hear him every Sunday. But I do want to hear someone telling me, straighten up and fly right and I go, ah, close the Bible and go act right. Say amen. amen. Say, be a doer, be a doer of, the word, of the word, not just a hearer, just a hearer deceiving myself. myself. Don't deceive yourself. I can't follow you around. <laughs> I wished I could sometimes, some of you, but I cannot I cannot run. You have to police you. And Holy Spirit's in you. He'll take good care of you. And if you're having, and you're going to have days. You get this thing. And if you're not wearing this thing out, you're not doing very well. You ought to have to glue your Bible together about every three years. If you want your life to be right, amen, come on. Lisa and I in the morning, we wake up and, and we read the Bible to one another. I'll tell you what, it's, now I know y'all can't do that every morning. I mean, I have, the, my morning's free. When I, when I worked a secular job and I was out of the house at six, we couldn't do that. But we did it in the evening when we came home. We got, we had the old record player, 33s, and drum, play records and we'd get in there and listen to DeGarmo and Key and Petra and Amy Grant and sing and worship and pray in the spirit and read our Bible. And folks, that makes a good marriage, makes a good home. We raised the boys They read the Bible every day. Lisa prayed with them every day. I mean, it, it, if you lived in our house, you, you were in the word. And we sat at the table, we talked about the Word of God. And and I asked Justin one time, I said, did you enjoy growing up in our house? He said, we loved it. We had a great childhood. I mean, we didn't cram it down. We just lived it. And then Jordan left one day and went to a, was it Mount Dora? And he came home and he said, are you aware that everyone's not like us? I said, Jordan, I am aware of that. But I am going to tell you one thing he did they had a meeting, the Christian athletes, and uh, he got invited to it, and the man started speaking, and Jordan stood up and said, that is completely wrong. And all of the kids, he got a Bible, and started preaching, and all the kids followed him out and went, teach us. Amen. And he took the class away from one of the teachers, and he knew more, uh, he knows the Word. Yeah. Justin knows the Word of God. And, and Lisa's more responsible for that than I am. I mean, she took him out and taught them the Bible and taught them right from wrong. And when they do something, we'd bring them in the house and go, what does the word say about that? Yeah. All right, you're going to, you're going to get it, but we're going to forgive you. We're going to go on with life. And, and, and they were just raised it, just a it good atmosphere. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But Lisa and I lived in this book. How do we handle this? I don't know. Right now I wake up in the morning. Sometimes I wake up late and Lisa's in there having coffee before me. I'll say, how long you been in here? She goes, oh, about an hour. I said, what are you doing? She said, just reading the Bible. Amen. Just reading the word. Reading on certain subjects. Yeah. If she has a fear, she goes and finds a scripture and deals with it. She has something she's praying over the boy, she finds scripture and prays over it. Be a doer. Does this, do, do y'all... I'm I'm trying to close. I got one minute left. I really do. I have to know that I know that I know. That I've said things to you that will keep you when you're not here. I have to know that. I have to know that I have at least showed you the possibility So that you will be more aware. The world out there is crazy. I don't know how anybody makes it through life without this and praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't even want to imagine it. It is not easy when you know the Word. Good Lord. So if you're not in the word like you should be, this is not a condemnation sermon. The storms of life come to everyone. They don't have to take you out. Prepare for them now. Build your life now. There's books by Mark Hankins on love. I read them often. I need it like crazy. I'm still stuck on the first two. Versus love is patient, and kind. No, I actually went to the third one not too long ago. Hardly notices when others do it wrong. That one stumped me for a long time, but it's helped me. Do y'all see that? Teach your kids this. That may be difficult when they get older. Oh, grandma. Don't old Grandma me. Get your Bible out. We're going to read and pray. Father God, I have, um, again, I've walked in here tonight. My heart, I've, I've watched what's going on on the earth. I have a great concern for people. I always ask myself, am I doing. Am I doing the job you want me to do? Am I, am I teaching them right? Am I telling them what the things they need to know? Have I prepared them for the world they live in today? Are they going to leave our church and make it? If I never see them again and they move away, Are they, have they learned enough to make it? I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice would understand that anybody can do this. Anyone can build on the word. It's not enough to say, I go to church. You have to build the life. You have to build the house. You have to put the two by fours. You have to put the roof on. You have to put the windows in. You have to build it. It doesn't build itself. You're, you can't just not build it. And I pray that everybody walks out of here tonight, grabs a hold of this, and understands it. And if they're not doing that, that they would begin tonight. No matter where they are. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. One more thing. It doesn't matter whether I teach it to you or not. You can still learn it. Holy Ghost will still take you and teach you stuff. Maybe I'm not teaching it. You can still learn stuff. You don't have to wait on me to get on it. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church.